This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. My guest today is Adrian Bain. Adrian is a writer, performer, and storyteller based in New York City. Adrian talks to me about the first guy she fell for after moving to New York City. We talk pretty explicitly about sex, and there's also some talk of blood, so if you don't like either of those things, you may want to listen to something else. It's honestly one of the craziest stories I've ever heard, so let's get right into it. Adrian Bain, thank you for coming to talk to me about the hardships of your love life. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for no, having me like, rip my thing. heart out again. Yeah, I know this is an exciting thing for people to just come and talk about. It can be really cathartic, though. I think I that it could be very... You know, like for people who can't afford therapy, but like need some closure, yeah. this would be a great podcast for it. I've gotten to the point now where I just like go to my therapist and almost like workshop stories with her. <laughs> I do that too. Because <laughs> sometimes I just don't know what to talk about and I'm just kind of like, let me just tell you about this and like, what do you think? <laughs> oh my God, I do. I've done that too. That's so funny. So this is also therapy. This is like a little bit. This is the same thing. Yeah. Um. Cool. So yeah, tell me a little bit about what what your what you got for me today. Okay. So we're talking about love hurts. So I decided to choose the one story that is as literal as possible. Okay. Um, and I guess I'll give you kind of the the big picture. So when I was twenty four. I was living in Portland, Oregon. I'm originally from upstate New York, so I was like very far away from my home. And I was supposed to live there for a year. And I accidentally tripped into an emotionally abusive relationship, meaning that the ecstasy (laughs) that I took the night I was supposed to break up with him was so good. I didn't realize I was being gaslit until six months later. That's a line that my therapist and I are working on. Oh, you know, yeah? she's like as a coping me- as a coping <laughs> mechanism like you should, you know, make light of your abuse and So you literally um, took ecstasy. No, no, no. So that's that a was, true okay. story. So like I was going to we'd been seeing each other for a few months. I was like this person is not for me and we took ecstasy on New Year's and we just like stared into each other's eyes and we were like this is everything (laughs) and then I didn't we would fight like I've never experienced before but I didn't really have any friends at the time and because I was very new there like the closest relationship I had was like with my copyright UD. You know, she's always there with me. Uh, she was the only person who would listen. And um, and I didn't realize, you know, I had been in relationships before and I had never really fought in them, but I never felt so much like doubt about myself and like always confused. I was always confused by like what he was saying. And I felt like I would react to something very normally and he would like freak out about it and be like your behaviors and I'm like what you know so it was a very isolating time it was very isolating time so um and I would equate some of that to the ecstasy unfortunately so just had its lingering effects for it was so it was the best ecstasy I've ever taken I'm not gonna (laughs) lie like it was so good I've never had a high like that before ever ever since um so then after so then after a year or so after and I realized that I was in this really abusive relationship um got out of it 
And I moved to, I moved back to New York and I moved here very quickly. Like I didn't even know like two weeks prior that I would be living in New York. And I got an apartment in Crown Heights, uh, living with six other actors, um, in a basement. And I was like, oh God, this is such a cliche. And like, none of them know where a broom is. This place is disgusting. Um, so when I was living there, I was like, I don't want to be here. Um, so I would spend a lot of time out and about. And it's New York City. It's like, you gotta. Yeah. So you have that, like, your eyes are all yeah. sparkling and yeah, falling like, in love with the city. Fall- definitely falling in love with the city and just like wanting to feel like I'm part of something and wanting to. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I didn't. I was working on my podcast and but I didn't really know anything. I was so directionless and I was working in a jewelry shop and I wasn't embracing like the artist that I am. That still took me like a few years to figure out that, no, I'm a performer and that's that's what I want to be doing. And um, so I was still in this like very emotionally precocious, uh, sorry, precarious uh, time in my life and when you do that, you just like go out. You say yes to everything, right? Especially when you're still kind of young and you're in the city. And um, there was one night I went to a party in Williamsburg. It was super snowy out. And I just, I genuinely remember being really excited at work for this party. I just felt like I was going to, like something was going to happen. Like it was really had this weird clairvoyance that like something was going to happen. And so I meet up with a friend there and we're just both super social. So we're like making the room. We're doing rounds around the room. And she's talking to like this very attractive uh, Colombian man. And I go up and we start chatting and he is a writer. And there's just something he's got like this very sexy, deep voice. And I'm like so captivated by people who have deep voices for some reason <laughs> for like really I am such a it's why podcasting was because I just love voices I was like you could read an encyclopedia to me right now and and I'd be very happy with that how does he compare <laughs> to like Roman Mars you listen to like 99% invisible oh man ooh, his voice is like my ooh, that voice is so yes, good yes it's, it's kind of like yeah no it's definitely on par it's with in there that. okay it's definitely all right on par with all right that. now i'm there i got it and i will say that like i have hooked up with people just because their voice yeah i like, keep talking yeah yeah <laughs> right. yeah yeah. especially like a british one. Oh god yeah british yeah i'm there too week in the you lived in london too so that must yes. have been like oh all it the time fun <laughs> um so yeah so he just had this like really sexy deep voice and there was something kind of mysterious about him and we really connected I kind of told him about my podcasting stuff and that I love doing storytelling and he was like oh I do storytelling too so I was like that's awesome and so we ended up hanging out and we went out a little bit we had really great banter and and would flirt with each other and we hooked up once and then he was like you know I don't think we should do this because um I'm actually I'm like 20 years older than you. And I was like, what? Like the day. Oh, so you didn't know. I didn't know until after we had hooked up. And he was like, I don't want to. I think I should it's probably. It's not he great. was very young looking. You know? Yeah, and it's also like, not a great move because it seemed like he knew. He at least was aware of how old you were in some way. <laughs> yeah, then, I guess so. And then be like, just so you know. Yeah. BT dubs. Yeah. Uh, I'm as old as your mom. So 
Yeah, or very close oh, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but honestly, I was like, that's so much more like, yeah, it wasn't like, like the tempted issue. area yeah. now. I was like, oh, now I can't have you, you know? Yeah, they like very quickly was forbidden fruit. Yes. Like, All right, well, and you're still into him. It's like you yeah. weren't not into him. Yeah. You're already into him. Yeah. So it's not like. He was a good looking dude. And I was like, oh, that's where this maturity comes from. Yeah. Like guys my age just didn't have that at the time when you're like 25. Yeah, that's fa- I can speak. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a fair point. So um, so we agreed to be platonic, but I was still like very much into him and just wanted to find ways to hang out with him. And he w- wanted to keep hanging out with me too. And we started being really good at blurring friendship boundaries. Okay. So we would have, so we would like hang out and then we would have these platonic sleepovers. Like we'd be like Netflix and chill, but like just Netflix. And I would fall asleep in his bedroom, in his bed with him, you know, and we would wake up the next morning and we would like go laughing like I just remember we would wake up and like we would just immediately be laughing and flirting and all that stuff and it's like this is so awesome and so I would kind of be like oh someday we're gonna you know have a place upstate and we're gonna be writers and we're gonna make omelets from the eggs that we get from our chickens you know like it's just gonna be this wonderful little and so we would be like walking to the coffee shop flirting and And there was one time where a barista was like, you guys are so cute together. Like, you guys have such a connection. And he goes, she's not my girlfriend. Oh, God. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, because you're, like, essentially dating. You were, like, doing every single thing you could be doing in dating other than, like, making out. Exactly. All the emotional labor. All of the emotional labor of dating somebody but not fucking them. (laughs) Like, he's not... Kissing me. Uh, I've done that before. It's not fun. It's not fun. And um, what you mean like on the emotional labor yeah, part? That, oh, like, yeah. That like emotional dating of somebody is the worst because it's just like, especially when, the, and I have the same situation where they knew how I felt about them. Yeah. And then they were just like, oh, let's just keep being friends and I'm just going to keep like using these emotional things from you. It's weird. I don't, it's, it's weird. And yeah. it's very unfair. It's, it's like if you great. if you know that someone has like bigger feelings for you, do not lead them on. And I felt incredibly led on by him. And uh, I played into that dream so tenaciously. And I wanted to just prove to him that like I'm good enough for you. Like we oh, could yeah. do this, you know. And so when you start having that mentality you start doing really stupid shit like I'm curious what you ended up doing for this girl because it's like I would I took his mail out for him I would clean his room often like he was a toddler like I would come to his place like two or three times a week and like part of it was just him like me helping a 45 year old man clean his room Oh my god! So you were you were both this younger person that was into him and his mom at the same time. Actually, but actually, and then the dumbest thing I did was I, I helped him with his like storytelling startup, which was him being like, "Oh, we're gonna put on workshops and we're gonna make a podcast and we're gonna have live performances." And I was like, because I was in this point where. 
I still didn't really know what I was doing. I knew I wanted to be creative, but I was too scared to really take that risk and embrace it. I was like, oh, I can piggyback off of somebody else's dream. And it's very, it coincides with what I want to be doing. So like, this is great, but I'm not like doing me. I'm helping him. And so, and it was just another excuse for me to hang out with him. I was like, I just want to be with you, you know? Yeah, you get to like, semi-follow your passion and keep hanging out with this guy you're really into. Exactly. And all of my friends at the time were like, what the fuck are you doing cleaning a 45-year-old man's apartment? Like, what are, like, actually, what are you doing? And I'd be, get, like, really embarrassed. Like, ugh, because you kind of, because once Yeah, you- were you defending him or were you just, like, trying to not tell your friends about the full extent of, like, how deep you were in this thing? I... Uh, they, they knew. Yeah. They knew. They were like, what are you, like, this person is emotionally, you know, like, draining you. But I just, and I was definitely justifying his actions of like, oh, no, but that's just how he is. And like, when you, when you know that you're, I'm just going to say partner for the lack of, you know when you're, you're together. (laughs) When your partner is being an asshole and you have to justify their behavior to your friends, it's like, this isn't good. It's like, this person should just not be an asshole. There was yeah. one time I drove from my friend took me to a wedding, spent the weekend in Cape Cod. He drove me up to Boston and Jose, the guy, picked me up, did not say hello, did not look at my friend and was just like, where's my hamburger? Like, <laughs> just an asshole. Oh, God. So... So, yeah. So my friends were like, what the fuck? And I I just like I was so lost at that point. And uh, I, honestly, it was like a cost benefit analysis. I was like, I've put so much time into yeah, like, this ha- now. At this point, like up until this point, like how many months have passed that this, this was is, going on? This is definitely like five months. Yeah. Like that's a yeah, that's, that's a long, a long time. time. And it's, this is sort of that first. This is like the first thing you got involved in since being in New York. Mm-hmm. Like you oh, just yeah. kind of got like swept into it all. Exactly. It was the last. It was the first emotionally like uh, involved thing that I had been in since my like abusive yeah, this relationship bad thing that you had. Yeah. So I. So there was one. But, the, like, if I listened to my friends, this would be a story, right? So the one, the day that it hurt the most, we were supposed to do a video for a storytelling startup, and I go to his tiny Brooklyn apartment, and it's one of those apartments where you walk into the living room, dash dining room, dash kitchen, dash office, dash yoga studio, just because it's so small, and it's like everything's here, and... He is he's like setting everything up and I had written a script for what we were going to do for the promotion. And he looks at it, puts it down. We start recording and he starts thinking that he's Wayne Brady from Whose Line Is That Anyway? And just is improving and is so bad at it. He's so bad at it. And I'm like, there's no amount of UCB classes that can fix you. Like, here's yeah, and like, like and I this put in is, the work to write this thing. Exactly. Like, I'm really frustrated by this right now. And he could kind of sense my frustration. He could kind of sense I was like, oh, come on. And so he's like, what if, because we're only being filmed from like the shoulders up, what if we just... I've heard that taking your pants off, like, kind of eases tensions. And I was like, fucking 45-year-old. Like, I 
I see you. Like, I know what you're doing. Oh, my God. And and then I took my pants off and was like, fuck, yeah. Like, okay. And uh, we did a take. It was actually flawless. I was like, great. This is great. You stuck to the script. This is fantastic. I was like, wow, this technique really does work. And we're like, let's celebrate and uh, let's just watch an episode of Rick and Morty. Okay. Like, that was for some reason our, like, treats. And your pants are still off at this point? Pants are still off. And um, pants are still off. I turn the light. Like, the lights are off. We're just sitting on his couch. And then all of a sudden, I'm not, like a super traditional girl like I don't need flowers or chocolates but a kiss is always really nice before you start finger blasting me and (laughs) and it just like his hand came out of nowhere and it wasn't like there was just it was like oh you're inside of me right now it was just really weird and I was excited and kind of ambivalent but mostly just like this this is happening now like after five months like this is what's going on yeah it's like not the ideal form of what you wanted but like something is happening it's like right it's like a girl likes foreplay but but this is just like it was so robotic and it was kind of sterile but i was like okay and then he uh, like this is completely true what he does we're sitting on his couch what he does he takes my pants off he flips me upside down and he starts eating me out like uh, like spider-man and my head is like on the floor and i'm like what is going on right now? Like, I'm enjoying it, but I'm just like, this is so completely unexpected. And I also realized that, like, oh, we haven't cleaned so well under the couch. Um, and, <laughs> that's your job. That was your job. That was my job. That's my fault for sure. And so, and so all of that was, like, really quick. And then he, like, scoops me up. He brings me to his bedroom he brings me to his bedroom which is like three steps you know it's like one two we're in the bedroom and he just like throws me on the bed and we just go at it we just go at it for like 15 minutes and it's just like three months of sexual tension just like pouring out onto the sheets and um and then he has this moment where he's like oh can you just like i think i was on top so he was like oh can you just like lock the door just in case my roommate like It's a small apartment. Like, his roommate would have heard and seen everything. So it's like, at least we would get a buffer if uh, she decided to come in. So I'm like, yeah. So I I get up. I flip the lights on. I look back at him. And I've never seen so much blood in my life. It's everywhere. It's, there's, his white sheets are sanguine. Like, it is just like a CSI. It's a C- exactly. Scene. It's a CSI murder scene, and he jumps. Out. Only he's living still. Like yeah. the body is covered in blood, but it's like alive and moving, which is a horrible thing to see. Like seeing a moving body covered in blood is like, I don't. It's really it's horrifying. So he jumps up, and you know he's not screaming, and I'm not screaming. Yeah, like does anybody know where the blood is coming from? And we are looking. No, we're looking at each other, and then we're looking at our own bodies. And I've got blood on me too. And then we look at the bed because there's just so much of it. Then we're like kind of doing this like rotation of like checking <laughs> of like looking at you, looking at me, looking at the bed, looking at the bed, looking at me, looking at me. You know. So we're like, oh my god, I've never been in a state of shock before. Like this was the first time where I was like, <gasps> like it. Oh, yeah. I felt like the wind. I felt like the first time I ever felt the wind knock out of me when I was ice skating on a pond in upstate New York when I was like eight years old. I just remember that feeling of like not being able to breathe. So I wasn't 
neither of us were freaking out. Yeah, like both frozen, speechless. Both frozen. And the first thing he says is, I, I'm going to go take a shower. I was like, okay, you do that. Uh, the mood is gone. You yeah, know, like, like the mood over. is just like you're sucked not, you're out. We're not getting back. We are not getting back. But it's funny because like even when I was covered in blood, I was like stuck. It's like your stomach in. You know, like I still yeah, wanted like, look to look good, sexy. Even though still wanted just to look got good. Blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh, this is fucked up misogyny. Like this is weird body shaming. Uh, so <laughs> especially because it seemed like he probably looked worse at this point too. So you didn't really need. Oh to. yeah. Oh yeah. No, there was going to be no fucking, regardless of where the blood came from. And uh, so he turns the shower. I hear him turn the shower on, and I'm looking at the blood. I'm like. I am very intimate with my body and I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's not period blood. Like, I know what that looks like. And this is like way too, it's just like, it's blood. It's like period blood can get really like clotty sometimes, but this was not, I was so, and I was like, I'm not early too. Like I had Yeah, like just you know your body had, enough to know what's yeah, going on. I just had my period and I was like, this is, and then he screams and shouts out where <laughs> where the blood is coming from and my copper IUD it it lacerated his penis oh my god and which oh at that point we were both like, oh my god! Then it was a little bit more frantic. Then yeah, then it turned into like now that we knew that his dick was bleeding, it was like, okay, <laughs> we need to get and and I in that moment I realized that because I, I was I was like, oh wow, I'm like done with this, and in that moment I realized that my copper UD was my best friend because she was warning me about all of the mistakes I was making with friend with men that not even my real friends could do. Yeah, like, she's the weapon. And I was like, she's telling me something, you know? Like, she's saying, fuck, like, don't let this fucking human inside of you. Like, we're done here? Get away from him. So I was like, oh, my, I couldn't. And it was so bizarre because, like, I had, I I'd had sex with so, I, I hate, no, I'm not slut-shaming myself. <laughs> I've had sex with so many other guys who have been much larger and with much more aggression, and that's never happened before. So I was just really, like, dumbfounded that my copper IUD had this, like, sudden sense it it. that, like, this, like, superpower of, like, I know who's going to fuck you over. Like, we're not doing this again. Um, so... He's like, we need to go to the hospital. I was like, yeah, let me just clean up this uh, Game of Thrones episode <laughs> off of me. Did you get a chance to go to the shower or was it no? So, no. So I was like, let me just like get a chance to, because I'm also covered. I'm yeah, covered exactly. In his... Like you're as, you're as, maybe not as bloody. Not but as bloody. It was very much like on him. I just remember it was like on his thighs. It was like on his stomach. Oh, it was like oh, clotted around all of his people. It was so much. It was so much blood. And I'm also used to having blood between my thighs, so I'm like, yeah. you know, it wasn't like as long. But it, anyway, so um, so I go into the shower and I'm like watching all the blood kind of drain down, and I'm like, oh, this is probably what it feels like to have filmed Psycho. And <laughs> I I just needed like a breath, and so I, I take a towel and I'm kind of standing in like the narrow hallway once I've like washed up, and all of a sudden, I mean, like this is hard to explain. 
So as like a lady, when uh, on day two of your period, you can really you can feel when like a big chunk of it has just come out of okay. you. Yeah, you I don't know anything just, about like, this. <laughs> that's okay. But for the ladies, for the lady listeners, like you know that feeling where it's like, oh, a lot just came out of me. I had that feeling. Okay. And I was like, what is? And I looked and he's like, hey, can you clean up the blood in the hallway? And I looked down and oh, I'm God. bleeding his, I'm bleeding someone else's oh. blood, which is something I do on a monthly basis. Yeah, but when it's not yours. But when it's someone else's blood, it's just, it's just not as That's empowering. Gross. It's just Yeah, not... like a period is not gross to me because it's a normal part of yeah. the world. That's gross. Like... Oh, yeah. It's just, it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is really intense. You are literally inside of you're still inside of me and um so i was like fuck so i i'm like trying to find some semblance of clothing we get into a cab and we're both silent because new york city we're like don't say anything to the taxi cab driver (laughs) so he doesn't know that we're like silently bleeding behind him because if we did say anything new york city is just complaining is such an olympic sport here that he'd be like what your dick is bleeding like i had a cousin one time you know and he would go off on some other like crazy horrifying tangent that like we just wouldn't be able to emotionally handle at that point yes. um so we are like and as taxi cab drivers do they've seen the worst of new york at all hours of the day uh and all seasons so we're like don't say anything so he like doesn't know that we're just like bleeding behind um so <laughs> we get to the hospital and we must have been such a sight because he walks in just like holding his junk like a gangster. And I walk in bow legged like a cowgirl because I just don't want my thighs to touch because I'm still bleeding. Yeah, yeah. And it's like on my leggings. I'm like, oh, God, this is. And so we walk up to the receptionist and she's like, how can I help you today? And we explain the situation and she just very like doesn't even blink an eye. You know, she's like, oh, another Tuesday, you know, and yeah, like you want to think that like this is a big enough thing for them. Yes. And then they're like, no, this is normal. Like, that's amazing to me that <laughs> a lacerated penis is not enough for them to be like. Yeah. She's like, uh, OK, take a number and we'll see you in like 15 minutes. And it's like, oh, my God, what is this place? New York's insane. Like, right. A lacerated <laughs> penis like isn't the worst that's thing that's happened yeah, to that's her like, that day. There's, there's been at least four other things that have been worse so far. Exactly. And it's, it's like, like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. So so uh, we get to so the doctor comes and he's examining Jose. And there's one moment and I really can't remember if I said this out loud or or inside but he was like well how long have you two been together and i was like oh no he's not my boyfriend i was like no i'm i'm done here but he was so like on the table on the um what is that called on the little like hospital bed yeah that little he was just so examining table examining table he was just so drained and i was looking at him and he just looked so vulnerable and like so sad and i kind of saw him for Kind of who he was was this like forty year old dude who like can't clean his room and he can't get his shit together still and and I was drained I was tired of having all of these emotions like just sucked out of me and he like reaches over to hold my hand and it just like it felt like an obligation so gross and not because there was still blood on it yeah no. yeah no just because you're like I don't want I was like to hold your hand I don't right want to hold and it's you know. I feel like, you know, it was a monkey's paw. It was like, you got what you wanted. You got what you wanted, but at what cost? And I 
I was just tired of cleaning up his mess. And I like whatever spell that had been cast on me was broken. And I just was like, I'm out of here. And I realized that like the love that I was craving for him, that he would never be able to give me. And the love that I was just craving for men in general was just always going to come from within. So... Just you and your pal just having an IUD. That's that's all you need love. in life. Yeah. That's self-love. Yeah, it's just you and uh, it's like a comic book that, that you're going to put together. Yeah, just a little this children's journey book. That, yeah, this journey that you go on together oh God, and you I go should... on these adventures. Yes, and... with like me and my little copper yeah, IUD. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she's amazing. Like kryptonite, it's amazing because it's not to go on. IUDs are amazing. Everyone's body is different. But the copper IUD has no hormones in it. So it's literally just like this chemical interaction with semen and they spontaneously combust inside of you. Whoa. You know, like they just like they react to copper and like explode. That's crazy. And I'm like, this is like a lady praying mantis thing. It's like I'm devouring my like yeah. you'll never enter. Yeah. Me. You know, like, like you won't get in. Like a real you shall not pass type. You shall not pass. Oh, yes. So <laughs> so that was the one time that love actually yeah. actually you got hurt. all the you got physical and emotional yeah. i mean all in the i same. was fine i was totally yeah i, I guess like, yeah i guess your pain was more emotional for up to that point oh, and yeah. then that was your freedom of pain mm-hmm. it took his physical pain yeah for your emotional freedom yeah oh yes there we go that looks great just that trying sounds to pull great. it all together yeah for yeah you. yeah. Um, yeah so um how, what are your feelings <laughs> no i mean i mean it's nuts because it's just a lacerated penis is the most like I know. just me getting in a very tight ball being like oh god i hate everything yes. about what this sounds like yes i kind of love making men uncomfortable with this oh yeah there's though. like no way you wouldn't like it's <sighs> it's really satisfying for some reason for some like i don't know like smash the patriarchy kind of oh yeah reason. <laughs> i mean i totally approve of you going around <laughs> saying it because it needs to be said even though i have i've been like very hesitant to tell this story to like new partners because it's like should i warn them yeah and i actually just so you know this just could so you know happen. actually i just performed this one and one of the guys that i'm seeing right now is he saw it and he was like great performance and i was like you still want to sleep with me is this still I was okay like, you're for you still okay uh and he was like yeah you were you're fine i was like okay yeah i mean i don't also yeah. men just like they're never gonna deny sex that's yeah. not true no it, and it's not like <laughs> It's not like the movie Teeth, you know? Right. It's not like... <laughs> but I guess, like, in that moment, that was your, like, Teeth moment. Yes. That, that was, like... Yeah. I haven't seen Teeth yet. I haven't either, but, like... I don't like, know if I, I just remember to. that trailer coming out, and I was like, this is insane. I know. But I don't know. So, that's... You have your own... You have your own, like, little protector. My, my your own... own little... Yeah. She's my little warrior. Yeah. She protects me from all the bad decisions I make with men. Uh, cool. So, yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you for being on. This has been amazing. sharing the story. It was a great story. <laughs> what kind of stuff do you got going on that you want people to know about? Oh, so many things. So, I am a storyteller. And that's actually how you and I met was doing yes. live storytelling. And... But my first real endeavor is my podcast. I have a podcast called Strangers Abroad. And it's a travel storytelling podcast about the conversations I had with strangers while backpacking throughout Latin America. And we talk about the importance of travel, how it improves self-growth and kind of makes the world a better place. And it's there to 
really foster and educate people to go out and travel because it's just you become a better person. Like there's no you can't leave and come back and not be a better person. And um, so on top of podcasting and doing live storytelling, I'm also starting my own kind of writing women's intensive. Cool. Which I'm really excited about. And women will be able to join like a small a small group of writers and I'll be able to teach them how to do storytelling through multiple mediums. And I'm not like anti-dude, but being in like an all-female space is just a very different environment. So it's positive in such a yeah. great way. So yeah, check out Strangers Abroad. And is there is that women's thing something that anybody can find out about yet? Or is it like Yeah, a- you can go onto my website, adrianbain.com, and I'll I'm a, we'll put I'll these all in the there. show It'll notes. It'll all be in there. It'll all be in there. You can so, track her down. So, yeah. Loving that storytelling. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Adrian. Thank you. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. Here's a preview of what you'll hear next week. There's plenty about her that's like still amazing to me yeah. and I still like miss her and I think about her sometimes like she she still was like a, a parent to me so it feels like I haven't talked to my parent in a long time and I like still part of me wants to like prove something to her or for her to like acknowledge me or love me and it's so stupid. <laughs> I'm Brian Berlin and this is love hurts.